Guys, I've been thinking about this message for a while. We're not in a sermon series. We're kind of in between. Um, but uh, like many of you, especially if you're parents, um, or even if you're not parents, I mean, you, you've been around little kids. I've, I've got this thing that I'm trying to do with my kids. And um, I'm trying to get my kids to obey. Anybody? Anybody? Is this like a challenge for any of you? I'm trying to get, okay, I see some hands. All right. I bet there's like an amen in there out there somewhere. We're in church. You can say amen to that. Uh, okay. I'm trying to get my kids to obey, and it's a, it's a challenge, okay? It's a really, really big challenge. Um, the hard part about my kids, and I know it's, it's your kids too, and, and it's also like the people that you work with, you know, if you're a boss or if, you, if you're, if you're uh, managing people at all, you, you're, you're probably managing people like I'm managing people that think they know what's best, that they, they think they know what's best for them, and they, and they don't, all right? I just got back this weekend from, um, from uh, the, the Westside backpacking trip, and so it was me and my two oldest boys, and then we had a couple other families and their kids, and it was so fun, right? We're just out there in the middle of nowhere. Um, and the, the thing about backpacking trips is there are, there are lots of opportunities for our children to die on backpacking trips. There's just a lot of sharp, pointy objects. There's a lot of huge rocks that they're trying to climb that could roll over and squash them. There are wild animals, beasts, in fact, like out there. Um, there are, there's, there's this thing called fire that could burn the whole place down. There's, uh, there's just, there's, you know, there's all, oh, there's bugs that fly around and bite you. I mean, there's so many things that are going on with our kids on the backpacking trip. And there's so many ways that they could really get themselves into trouble. So the adults on the trip, we found ourselves often during the trip saying, stop, <laughs> don't shoot that at your brother, right? The, the slingshot should point that way, not this way, okay? I mean, we're just constantly like, oh, please be safe, please, please be safe. And I found myself having this conversation with my kids often. I would like, you know, something would happen and we'd say, don't do that. And then they would do it. And, and then like rocks are flying past people's heads. And, and so I would bring one over and, you know, just, hey, listen, I need you to trust me. I need you just to trust me. That is, that's a bad idea. I need you to use wisdom, all right? I'm just, just obey. Please, for the love of God and for your own life, just obey, right? And I'm ashamed to admit this, but sometimes I'm so desperate to get my kids to obey, especially in situations like that where there could be danger, where, uh, where I use, I'm ashamed to admit this, but sometimes I'll use scare tactics to get my kids to obey. I'm sure nobody else has done this, okay? I know I'm just talking about myself, but we're on the backpacking trip, and it's like they're, you know, they're like off somewhere, and I'm like, stay close to dad, and they're not, and so I'm like, have to be like, hey, listen, you better stay close to dad or like a mountain lion's gonna eat you, <laughs> right? I mean, they're everywhere. And it, you might die if you don't obey. You know, I'm starting to use scare tactics and like, hey, you know what? Bigfoot is like, he sounds scary. And, I, you know, it's just because you get so desperate, right? But here's the thing, too, about obedience that, I, that we can all, you all know what I mean. What's, what's, what's hard about obedience is this, is I don't just want them to obey. I want them to want to obey, Right? <laughs> You guys know what I mean? It isn't just that I want them to obey. It's, it's, this is hard. It's tricky because now we're getting into like this, like motives and heart stuff. I want them to want 
to obey. And so it's, it's just a tricky thing. I mean, how do I get them to obey in the moment? But how do I then develop them to, to want to want to obey? And I just feel like I'm over my head all the time. Because here's what, I, here's what we know, and especially with the backpacking trip, but also just in life, it's, it's, it's good for my, for my children to obey. Right? It's, it's good for them to obey. They're learning, they're learning important things when they're learning to trust their parents. They're learning to acknowledge that they don't know what's best for them and that they're trusting that I know what's best and that if they can just trust me, it's a good thing. It's a good thing for them to obey, all right? We all know that. It's people at work, you know, we, we want them to obey. We want them to follow the rules at work, and it's so frustrating. Um, and then I, there's this thing that my kids started doing, uh, a, you know, a, way, a, a little ways back that I've been noticing, kind of kept my eye on. And uh, so like three months ago, um, and, this, and this is just an example of something that happens every single day at my house. I asked one of my kids, I'm like, hey, it's bedtime, time to go brush your teeth. And then, then he says, okay. And then five minutes later, he still hasn't brushed his teeth. So I have to say, hey, I asked you to go brush your teeth. Can you please go brush your teeth? And then he says, okay. <laughs> but then he doesn't go brush his teeth. And then I start to get frustrated. And this happens all the time. I ask my kids to do stuff, and they say, okay. And I said, this thing came out of my mouth a couple months ago. And my, one of my sons, you know, I asked him to do something, okay. But it didn't happen, and then I said, listen, I don't want, I don't need your okay. I need your obey. And I said it, and I was like, ooh, I'm going to preach that on Sunday. I got this. Because isn't it true? I mean, it's so, so true. I mean, we, 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 we get this, because with our kids, you know, we, they say, okay, but then, but then like, man, the point of okay is obey. I don't need just another okay. What I'm asking for is, is for an obey. I want, I want an obey, not an okay. Because all, we all know this. We all know that an okay without the obey is not okay. <laughs> Trust me, this whole sermon is going to sound like a Dr. Seuss story, okay? <laughs> this is going to be fun this morning. Because an, an okay without the obey is not okay. Because the whole point of an okay is the obey, obey right? That's the whole point of the okay. And so an okay without the obey is not okay, right? Hey, kids, stay away from, you know, this dangerous thing. Okay. No, that's not going to save your life. What's going to save your life is an obey, not just an okay, because that's the whole point of an okay. And the funny thing is that just like in our human relationships where we kind of get all this and we can laugh at it, the, the convicting thing for me as I've been preparing this message to talk about this this morning is that this is often where we land with our relationship with our Heavenly Father. That often with our Heavenly Father, we, we, we tend to be really good. And I'm just speaking from somebody who's followed Jesus for almost my whole life. That I'm really good often at saying okay. But then there's that thing where it comes to the obey. That sometimes is, is a, it becomes a much, much bigger challenge for me. Now, Jesus steps onto the scene. And Jesus, what we know about Jesus, why we sing about Jesus, we just know that Jesus is, is God. He loves us. He comes to earth to die for us, to rise again on the third day. Jesus knows us inside and out. And Jesus would come, go around and he would preach uh, these sermons. And he would try to help people see who Jesus or who God was. And Jesus knows so much about us that he even talks about this very thing that we're talking about today. He actually has a parable about it. 
And now parable is the thing that Jesus used a lot. It's like a little story that he would tell that would help sort of illuminate some deeper truths. And he would tell parables to people and it would land in all sorts of different ways depending on who that person was and where they were at with the Lord. And Jesus tells this parable. It's so brilliant. Listen, here, here's how it goes. This is, from, this is from Matthew chapter 21. By the way, wait, before I go and before I dive into the message, hold on, don't put that up yet. I got I to gotta talk to my audience here, all right, because I'm really actually shooting for a particular audience. Because perhaps if you're in here and maybe um, you, you, you don't consider yourself a Christian, you don't consider yourself a person of faith, I already welcomed you earlier and I said, you're in the right place. And that's so true. You are in the right place. I can't think of a better church for you to be at to just investigate. But I want, but I want to sort of delineate who my audience is this morning because perhaps maybe, maybe you're here and you haven't arrived at obey because you haven't even said okay. Meaning that you're here and you're like, man, why would I, I don't, I don't even know this God yet. Like, why would I even obey him if I haven't even said okay yet? Listen, I want you to know, I get that, all right? I want all of us to get that, that there's, there's all sorts of people that, of course, of course you're not obeying because you haven't even gotten to the place where you've done the okaying. And so I want you to know, listen, if you're here, I want to help you. Maybe you're in the place where you just need to get to the okay. You just need to get to the part where you're just acknowledged, okay, I get it. Like, God, you're God. If that's where you're at and you're in the right place, I hope maybe even this morning I can get you to okay. But really my audience this morning, the people that I really want to talk to today are are a second group of people. It's the people who are right here. It's maybe, um, if we go to the next one, maybe you don't have a problem with okay because you've already said okay, but you're struggling with the obey. So I'm talking to you, I'm mostly talking to, to you this morning. You've already said okay, but I mean, you're struggling with the obey. And here's what Jesus says in Matthew 21, so helpful. He says this, he says, what do you think? He's talking to a group of people and he's asking them, he's telling them this story that's so brilliant. He says, there was a man who had two sons. He dives into this little, little, this little story. There's a man who had two sons and he went to the first and he said, son, go and work today in the, vi- in the vineyard. And the son says, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He said, hey, go work in the vineyard. And that son answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Okay. And then Jesus says, which of the two did what the father wanted? Interesting question. Which of the two did the father's will? Now, here's a recap of the story, right? Here's a little recap. So here's what's happened so far. One said no and then decided to go. And then one said, okay, and then didn't obey. So which one? Which one actually did the Father's work? What do you guys think? Number one. Right. It's the one who actually ended up doing it. He said no at first, but then he decided to go. That's exactly what they answered here. And so they answered Jesus, and we'll go on. They, the, they say, they answered, this is uh, the next verse, they say they answered the first one, did the Father's will. And Jesus said to them, Truly, I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. He's talking to the Pharisees at this point, these people who are, man, they've done, they've done so much okaying, but they just hadn't really, they, they're looking at Jesus and here's God in the flesh and they can't see the forest for the trees and they're just not uh, getting the obeying. And Jesus is looking at them and he's saying, and he's saying listen, look, this is, there's all these people, all these prostitutes and tax collectors that there have been times in their lives where they've said no, but then they've decided to go. 
They decided to say okay. They, said, they didn't say okay at first, but then they decided to obey. He says, they're getting into the kingdom even before you guys, even with all of your okaying. He says this, for John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, but you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe. What I just find so helpful with this is that, and you guys know where I'm going already, is that Jesus, you know, God in our lives, he's not looking just for an okay. He's looking for an obey. He's not just looking for an okay. He's looking for an obey. Now, this is the story of the whole Bible, actually. <laughs> this is like, this is, if we could just summarize. In fact, let's just summarize Genesis right at the very beginning. Genesis chapter 1 and 2 and 3. Just right at the very beginning. If we could just summarize it, here's the summary. You guys ready? God says, please obey and things will go, or things, I'm sorry, or things won't go okay, right? Things, please obey or things won't go okay. And so what did Adam and Eve say? Okay. <laughs> And then guess what? They didn't obey, and things weren't okay. I told you it was going to be very susy this morning, all right? Yes, I am the real pastor here. It's not getting any better than this. They didn't obey. God said, please trust me in this. Please just, please obey. And they say, okay, but then they don't obey, and then things don't go okay. Now, if we were to just summarize the whole Old, Old Testament, all right? Now, the Old Testament is just like the first half of your Bible, or even more than your first half, and it's, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, and all these different, you know, all these different books of the Bible. If we just summarize it, guess how we can summarize it? Let's put that same slide up again. Is God is saying to them, please obey, please trust me, or things won't go okay. And so you know what the Israelites did? You know what the people of God said over and over and over again? They said, okay, we'll obey. And then they don't obey. And guess what? Things don't go okay. Things just start to spiral and spiral and spiral. And then prophets would come along. And that's what these prophets in the Old Testament, prophets would come along and they would, they would plead, please, please just trust him. Please obey and they try to turn the Israelites' hearts back to the Lord. And then usually there was a small remnant that would say, okay. And then it would just slide back into disobey over and over again. This is the story. And then Jesus steps onto the scene. And listen, I've got to, where we're going to land this morning is there's a beautiful promise for us about how we get, how we close the gap between our okaying and our obeying. There's a beautiful promise for us. Uh, but there's a couple things uh, that, uh, that I just want us, want us to see. It's, uh, and you know this already, but it's a very dangerous thing to say okay but not obey. It's very dangerous to get in the habit of saying okay but not following it up with an obey. It's really dangerous. Here's why. First of all, listen. First of all, our okaying feels like we're obeying. Have you noticed that? There's this thing that happens when, when you say okay it, there's like, it feels like you're obeying. You know, that's why my kids like, hey, go brush, your, go brush your teeth. Okay. I mean, what are they doing? They're like, they're moving my direction. It's like, okay, I acknowledge what you said. I heard it. Okay, I'm going to do that. But then there's no, but then there's no obey. And the, the dangerous thing is that sometimes our okaying, when we just get in the habit of just saying okay, but not obey, sometimes it makes us feel like we're actually obeying when really we're not. Because the point of obey, or the point of okay is to obey. Here's the next one is, it's also dangerous because we get really comfortable with partial obedience. 
We get really comfortable with partial obedience. That's kind of like the okay, but it's not the full obey. You know, there's this great story in the Old Testament. Uh, it's recorded in the book of uh, 1 Samuel, I believe, and there's this guy named Saul. And Saul has been given, uh, God tells Saul, this, this king, I want you to do something. I want you, I want you to accomplish this task. And you know what Saul does? He actually, he actually accomplishes most of the task that God gives him. And you can read about it yourself. Um, let's see, where is it? Yeah, 1 Samuel 15. God, God says, hey, Saul, I want you to do this. And Saul does like most of it. But there's just like one little part that he doesn't do. And so here's what happened is the, the prophet comes to Saul and, and says something so hard to him, something, but it's so important for us to hear. This prophet comes. Do I have that scripture? Did I put that, that first Samuel up? Here's what he says. But Samuel, this prophet, comes to Saul and he says, what is more pleasing to the Lord? Is it your burnt offerings and sacrifices or is it your obedience to his voice? Because Saul was, he was so, he, he offered all these sacrifices but he, but he didn't obey completely. And Samuel is just putting his finger right on the thing that we all struggle with. He says, does, does God really want all of your burnt offerings and sacrifices? Or does he, want, does he want obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. And submission is better than offering the fat of rams. This is important for us to hear. Because we can get so easily good at saying okay, but not fully obeying. And we're partially obey. We don't kind of go all the way. And God says, listen, here's what I want most from you. I don't, want, I don't need just more church attendance from you. I want obey. I want obey. That's what I want. And then another thing that happens is it creates a disconnect in our hearts. It's really dangerous when we say okay, but not obey, because it creates a disconnect in our hearts. Because most of us have large amount of revelation, but a lack of application. Isn't this true? We, it's, it's not a matter of information. We have all the information we need. Our problem most is a lack of application. Case in point, all of us know what we need to do to get in better shape, right? All of us know. All of us know exactly what you need to do. You need to consume less calories. You need to burn more calories. Boom, I just dropped it on you. God bless you. I just gave you the secret of how you lose weight and how you get healthy, right? I mean, we all know, we all know that that's what you gotta do. So it's not a lack of information. We, are, we already know how to get in shape, but where we mostly lack is we lack in our application. It's because that chocolate cake looks good. And I want another quesadilla. You know, I mean, I just like, I want more and I want more. And it's like, oh, I know I need to go to the gym. And I know I pay for that membership already. But it's like, ah, uh, so. And so we, it's not our information that's the problem. It's our application that's the problem. And just like, just like you, uh, to be healthy, to be a healthy human being, you have to, you consume less calories, you burn more calories. That's, that helps you get healthy. But, and when you consume more calories than what you burn, you become unhealthy. The same happens in our spiritual relationship with the Lord. We could become so spiritually unhealthy because we know all the stuff we're supposed to do. It's not a lack of knowledge. We have our scriptures. We know what God is asking us to do. It's not a lack of information. It's a lack of application. And that can create really spiritually unhealthy people. More than that, it can, create, it can create Christians that can just devastate the name of Jesus in our culture and in our world. Because what's worse? What's worse than people who come to church and people who, yes, I'm a Christian, Jesus is Lord of my life, 
And we, you know, we, we know all the Christian words and we can say all the Christian stuff and we sort of like know all the, we have all this information, but yet, but yet I lack the application. I have an abundance of spiritual insight, but a lack of spiritual application and fruit and deeds in my life. That's a problem. In fact, one of the reasons why maybe you went through a season in your life where you pushed church off. You said, I don't believe in Christianity. I don't believe what Jesus, who, that, that Jesus truly is Lord. You know why? It's probably, you be, it's probably because you met a Christian or a group of Christians who said, yeah, we're Christians. Or maybe you worked for one. Or maybe you were married to one. I don't know your story, but you met somebody at some point who said, yeah, I follow Jesus. And not that they were per, you know, perfect and not that, you know, but they said that they followed Jesus. But you looked at their life and there was no fruit. There was no application. There was none of that. They had tons of knowledge perhaps, but it didn't reach the core of their life and it didn't reach their fingertips and their toes. It didn't, it didn't inform how they lived their life every single day. And that, that turned you off. You said, I can't believe in a God if it's going to look like that. Our culture, our culture looks at Christianity and says, oh my gosh, it's just all a sham. It's just all fake. Unfortunately, it's because they see the Westboro Baptist Church people on TV. They see, you know, they see all, the, all these other people on TV. And unfortunately, they don't get to see a group of Christians who are looking at passages like this and letting it reach deep in our hearts. God, please, God, please help us be people who don't just say okay, but then not obey. God, help us. God, please help us reach deep in our hearts to be a people who say okay and then follow it up with sincere hearts that want to obey. Isn't that who you want to be, Christ followers? Those of you who've said okay, but you struggle with obey, that's who we want to be, right? That's who I want to be. How do we get there? A couple things. A couple things I want you to see. First is, God is saying this. He's saying, I don't need any more okays. I want your obeys. It's no wonder that the Great Commission says this. Remember the Great Commission in Matthew 28? It says this. I'm kind of skipping forward, John, but can we go to Matthew 28 right here? It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to what? Say okay to everything that I've commanded. That's not what it says, all right? I changed it. All right, this is what it says. And you got to teach them to obey, obey, just trust me, trust me, trust me. So here's a couple things. Number one, first, Recognize the difference between okay and obey. Just recognize the difference. Just see it in yourself. When, you, when we're so quick to say, okay, God, but is there an obey attached to that? Even if you just have eyes to see it, it's going to help. Recognize the difference between your okaying and your obeying. Number two is this. Remember that obey is way better than okay. Obey is way better than okay. You know why? It's because blessing comes through obey. Blessing always comes through obedience. That when we choose to obey God, that there's blessing on the other side of that. And there's, some, there's just some things about when you obey that, that the blessing doesn't come when you say okay. It only comes when, when you give the obey, when you follow it, up, follow it up with the obey. Because just like disobedience carries consequences, we all know that, right? Oh, disobedience carries consequences. It carries consequences in, in your life. There have been things that you just, you got into some things and you just, you thought that that was right for you, but you went there and man, it was, it just led to decay. It led to hurt. It led to brokenness. There was, there was consequences. 
And that's not God just like rubbing it in your face. That's just the way that the world works, that when we disobey the way that God made it, then our lives start to crumble and our lives start to decay. And so there's disobedience. But think about this. Listen, I love this. Just like it's true that there's consequences with our disobedience, think about this. There's actually consequences, good consequences to our obedience. There's good consequences to our obedience. Now, not all the time, because sometimes you're going to obey God, and maybe in your workplace, you feel like you need to obey, and you're going to have the boldness to not just say okay, but you're going to obey. And maybe, I don't know what kind of business you work in, but maybe that means that you're not going to make as much money. Maybe it means that you're not going to cut corners like everybody else, and so maybe you're not going to make as much. Uh, you're gonna, maybe, maybe in order to, to really obey the Lord, maybe your employer says, then you don't get to work here. Maybe you lose your job. We all know that it's no secret that Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, then that means that you're going to have to carry your cross. And that means there's going to be some hard things. So obedience doesn't mean that when you always obey God, that like suddenly everything is happy and clappy in your life. That's not the gospel we're preaching this morning. Because Jesus obeyed completely, and he ended up on a cross. But I'll tell you, something happens, not just with the tangible sort of things that you can measure in your life, but when you choose to obey, there's a, there's a blessing that comes. And not, think about this, not just to you, not just to you, but remember that your obedience in things today reverberates past your lifetime and reverberates past even your generation and flows into generations down the line. Think about this. Some of the issues that you deal with right now in your life are because generations ago, there was, there was disobedience. There was, there was, I want to do it my own way. There's brokenness. And some of the stuff that you're dealing with right now is because of things that happened generation ago. Generations ago, perhaps. It's just been passed from family to family to family. And what if, what if we choose in our time to obey. You know what happens is suddenly that cycle starts to break and new stories get told and your kids and your kids' kids and your kids' kids, there's always blessing on the other side of obedience. Number three, it's never too late to obey. This is pretty cool. It's never too late to obey. Did you know that? It's never too late. God always blesses obedience. Here's my story with that. Um, and I don't mean to get into a whole nother sermon here, but I, uh, I, I do a lot of premarital counseling with couples, people who are getting married. And uh, one of the questions that I ask is, you know, we, if we talk about sexual intimacy, it's an important part of a marriage. And uh, one, of the things, uh, one of the things as a pastor that I start to talk about with couples is, you know, we start to talk about what that looks like in their marriage. And I find, I find that I would say more than 50% I don't know. I mean, I, I can't really put a number on it, but a lot of couples are, are living together or sleeping together before, before they're married. So they've got this sexual relationship going on. Now, again, I don't want to start a whole other sermon um, because uh, for some of you, you're like, wait a minute, what's wrong with that? Okay, listen, I got to tell you, what God says about sex is that sex is for married people. It's not for dating people. It's not for just in love people that he created it for a specific purpose and it's supposed to be in marriage. Now, I, I wish I could break that down for you. In fact, by the way, preview, right before, right before we get to Advent, we're gonna do a three-week sermon series on sex and we're gonna have the middle schoolers come in here and be here with us because I wanna take three Sundays. Oh, wow, I got a, I got a woo on that one, okay. 
Because our, because our kids are learning about sex at, a, or at earlier and earlier and early ages, and they're learning it all wrong. They're learning it all wrong. And so we're going to take three Sundays, and we're just, so I want to all unpack it, okay? But listen, if you're kind of questioning, like, why would God say that? Listen, God has good reasons to create sex, and he has good reasons to create it for a specific purpose and for a specific place, okay? So listen, I'll just go on with my story. But one of the things that I talk about with couples is, you know, as I say, hey, let's talk about this. Because if they're having sex together, what happens often is that people, they, they decide, they, especially if you're following Jesus and you're in a dating relationship, it's like, you know, we're going to, we're going to wait till marriage, but then, you know, you kind of slip up. You kind of like, you know, accidentally end up at somebody's house and, you know, and then you, here's how you feel. Here's how a lot of couples feel. They feel like, man, you know what? I already screwed that up. I re- we already messed that up. So like, we might as well just, we might as well just, I mean, we kind of already broke that egg like that, you know, that cat's out of the bag. So we might as well just, just keep, keep sleeping together because we kind of messed that up. And here's one of my favorite conversations to have with couples. I'll meet with a couple, and maybe their wedding is like a month away. It's like a month away. It's like two weeks away. It's like two weeks away. And we start talking about sexual intimacy, and they're like, yeah, well, you know, we're going to, but we know we shouldn't, but, you know, it's kind of, you know what I get to tell them? I get to say this right here. I get to say, you know what? God is so good. It is never too late to obey. It's never too late to obey. He always blesses obedience. Even two weeks away from your, from your wedding. What if like right now you just said, you know what? We were doing it this way, but we recognize that, 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 we, that we don't want to do it that way anymore. God, two weeks left in our, in our, in our engagement, we're going to obey. We're just going to obey. You know what? God sees that obey. God blesses that obey. It's never too late to obey. Choose to obey. It's way better than just saying, okay. Number four, obedience in small things leads to obedience in bigger things. In fact, you could even say it this way, is small obedience is big obedience. Small obedience is big obedience. Sometimes we think, oh, it's just little, so it doesn't matter. No, no, no. Man, you choose to obey in the small things. It leads to big things because small things are big things. Um, Number five, fine isn't the same as obey. And by that, I mean, sometimes I'll ask my kid to do something, and I'll say, hey, please trust me in this. And you know what they'll say? They won't say, okay. They'll say, fine. (laughs) Fine. You know, and they'll go off and do their thing. Can I tell you? Listen, God's not looking for your fine. He doesn't want our, you know, God, he doesn't want our begrudging obedience. That's not what he's after. He's not looking just for people to be like, fine. I'll just do what you ask. It's like, no, that's not what he's looking for. Remember that thing where I want, my, I want, to want, I, I want my kids to want to obey? Remember that? Is God's, God's after that with us too. He's not looking for our begrudging obedience. There's this, part, there's this part in, I believe it's in Isaiah, I think, where it says that, that people's lips are close to me, but their hearts are far from me. And sometimes we get in this place where our lips are close, where we, you know, we, we say all the right things, but our hearts are far from him. And that's, he's not after lip service from you. He's not after just you, know, you saying the right things. He wants your heart. He doesn't want your fine. He wants your obey. Okay, listen, here's the secret. You guys ready? Here's the secret. Because I struggle with obedience. I've got this heart just like Adam and Eve did. I've got this heart just like all those Israelites did. That's the whole point of us reading their stories and seeing the cycle of okay and then, you know, and then no obey. And then 
I have the same heart. So do you. I was born with it. This heart that just wants to, I just want to do my own thing. Here's the promise and here's the secret. This is beautiful, guys. No other religion has this, by the way, what I'm about to share with you. Is number six is you got to tap into the root of obedience. There's a root of obedience that if you don't miss it, or if you miss it, then you're not going to get it. There's a root and there's a promise. Because what are some of the things that you find most easily to like say yes to in your life? It's things that you love. Listen, obedience is not driven by fear. You will not get a good kind of obedience driven by fear. That's why I kick myself every time I use fear to try to get my kids to obey. Because I know it doesn't work. God does not use fear to get us to obey. You know what the root of obedience is? It's love. Love is the root of obedience. You'll do all sorts of strange things because you love it, right? People who love to hunt, anybody who love to hunt in this room? You people are crazy. You people are nuts. You'll get up at three in the morning and you'll rub deer urine on yourself and then you'll go out into like an unheated blind and chew on really old pepperoni sticks from like 1998 and you'll just like be out there in the cold. because Why? Because you love it. You just love doing it. People, you love skiing. You love snowboarding. I mean, those of you in the room, like, you just can't wait for the, for the lifts to open. And you'll spend all sorts of money getting there. You'll wake up at any time in the morning. Because why? Because you love it. I mean, you'll do anything for it. And sometimes we struggle to obey because we don't have the root of obedience in our heart. And the root of obedience is love. And here's this promise. Here's this promise. Listen, God has promised to not just ask for your obedience, He's not just going to say, hey, listen, you, obey. You, obey me. You, obey me. You know what he's going to do? He's going to send Jesus into the world. And Jesus is going to do something that no religion, no other religion does, that no religion says, no other religion says, no other religion can do. Jesus comes into the world and actually, and actually paves the way to give you a new heart that wants to obey. God knows that you can't obey by yourself. In your own flesh, in your own, you, you can't do it. So you know what he's going to do? He's going to do the heavy lifting. He's going to do the hard work. He's going to come in and he's going to replace a heart of stone with a heart of flesh and give you a heart that has a desire to obey. And it's going to be driven by love. Here's this great promise. Can I read it to you? It's from the book of Ezekiel. This is the prophet Ezekiel. And the prophet is like, is like he's speaking about the future. Like what, what's going to happen? He's, he's giving us a foretaste of who, who Jesus is and what he's going to do. Listen, this is what it says in Ezekiel. It says, therefore, say to the Israelites, this is what the sovereign Lord says. It is not for your sake, people of Israel, that I'm going to do these things. But it's for the sake of my holy name which you have profaned among the nations where you have gone. I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, the name you have profaned among them. What, what Translation, listen, you said a bunch of okays, but you didn't obey, and that's just profaned my name. And that people, and, and it's giving me a bad name around the nations, and so listen, here's what I'm gonna do. Is he says this, he says, then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the sovereign Lord. When I am proved holy through you before their eyes, listen, for I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. 
I will remove, uh, remove from your heart, of, uh, remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you, what? To follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave, you, I gave your ancestors and you will be my people and I will be your God and I will save you from all your uncleanness. The great promise that we have through Jesus is that when you see what he did for you on the cross, when you let your heart be melted by the good news of the gospel, that is not, it's, it's not based on your performance, but it's just about his grace, is what he's done for you. You know what that does? It replaces this heart. You say yes to Jesus, Jesus come into my life, come into my heart. Uh, literally a miracle takes place. Your heart gets transformed. And guess what this new heart wants to do? It wants to obey. It wants to obey because it's driven by love. You got a new basement level in your heart. And you let that love of God drive your obedience. You let it sink down to the very bottom of your heart and you let it, you let it. That's gonna be the key. That's gonna be the ticket to closing this gap of your okays to your obeys. And suddenly you'll find yourself not, you know, you're not, you're not gonna be perfect. You're not gonna get it right every time. But you know what you're gonna do? You're gonna have a new heart that says, Lord, thanks for your grace. I'm not just gonna say, okay, I'm gonna obey. Thankfully, we have Jesus in our corner who gives us a new heart, a new spirit. You know what Jesus did? He modeled obedience for us because he obeyed the Father perfectly. And he did it because he had the Holy Spirit in him, just like you do, just like I do. If you would just turn to him, if you'd say yes to him, that'll close that gap. Here's how I want to close. Hey, Ben, can you come back up? For all of us in the room, I just want to create a moment where we can just sort of like respond to this, okay? I want the Holy Spirit just to like search you and to just prompt you and to stir something up. So will you do this with me? We're going to turn the lights down. Will you close your eyes with me? I'm not going to do anything spooky or weird to you, all right? I'm just going to talk to you for a moment. So I want you to close your eyes. And here's how I want us to respond. going to speak to a couple different groups. First, I want to talk to the people who maybe you haven't even gotten to obey because you haven't even said okay. If that's you, what needs to happen? What needs to happen next? How long, how long are you going to, how long are you going to run away? How long is it? Are you going to keep pushing it off and pushing it off? I pray that if you haven't even said okay yet, that you would come to the place where you see how good and great and lovely and amazing this Jesus is. And that you would cause your heart to want to trust him. That he would replace this heart of stone with heart of flesh. Maybe that's the reason why you've had such a hard time with all of this. Is you, just haven't, you just haven't stopped and said, Lord, be king of my life. Rule me, reign over all of my emotions, reign over everything. Maybe, maybe that's a decision that's got to get made. And maybe it needs to be made today. For a lot of the rest of us who have been, you know, we, we've said okay for a lot of years. We said okay to Jesus long ago. But the thing that you struggle with is you struggle with the obey. Here's my question to you. Is what 
Maybe there's a lot of things, but maybe just today you can just put your finger on one thing, just one thing. What thing have I been saying okay to that I need to, I need to say, I need to obey. I'm not gonna say any more okays. I'm just gonna go and obey. What is that thing for you? Let the Holy Spirit just bring it to the surface. He's faithful in that. What thing? Maybe, maybe, I don't know what it is. Maybe there's, there's somebody you need to pursue. There's somebody you need to forgive. You've known for a long time that you need to forgive that person and you've said, okay, God, okay. But you haven't, but you haven't, oh, you haven't done it. You haven't obeyed. Maybe it's that. Maybe there's like a, maybe there's a, a situation that you're in. Maybe there's a relationship that you're in that you just, you, you, you know that God wants to move you away from that relationship. And you've been saying, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it, but you haven't obeyed. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe it has to do with finances. Maybe there's, maybe God's been pushing you to be generous in a certain way and you've been saying, okay, okay, but, but it hasn't gotten to the obey. I don't, maybe that's it. I don't know. There's probably a, a thousand different things in the room that God just wants to work with us in. And all I, all I want to do is I just want to push us this morning. I just want to bring us to the scriptures and help us see that, man, what really is the thing that's going to push us, push us past the okays is just to choose to obey. Father, I pray this morning that you would replace our hearts of stone with hearts of flesh, that you give us new life, that you would renew these hearts of ours and that Lord we would see your grace and your goodness and that it would cause us to truly obey that we'd have hearts that want to obey that we would not obey begrudgingly we wouldn't say fine to your decrees but we would say yes Lord yes Lord I obey I delight in your law I delight in who you are I delight in what you say is true and right because, Lord, I know that you love me and I know that you know what's best for me. And I know, Lord, that you're the one that I can trust, even above and beyond what I think is right and above and beyond what, what my culture thinks is right, above and beyond what my own feelings and thoughts say is right. Lord, I know I can trust you because you know what's best. Help us get there, Lord. Renew our hearts this morning. Lead us and guide us in whatever these things are that we need to actually step out and obey. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.